0: inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran.
1: I'm honored to have as my guest a vitally important labor leader in Canada, Sean Strickland. Sean is the the Director of Canada's Building Trades Union, CBTU an association of 14 construction trades unions representing 600,000 unionized skilled tradesmen and women across Canada. CBTU is the Canadian office of the North American Building Trades Unions. He joined the CBTU at a particularly challenging time during the raging COVID-19 pandemic in July 2020. In announcing Sean's arrival at the CBTU, the president of the North American Building Trades Unions, Sean McGarvey, described Sean as a respected senior construction executive, with the strong leadership experience and understanding of the building trades needed to carry on the important work we do and to effectively represent Canada's skilled trades workers. Sean, welcome to the Soft to Steel podcast.
2: Great. Thank you very much. Fantastic to be here, Dennis. Uh, nice Thank to you. hear your voice.
1: Thank you very much. It'll be recorded so you can listen to it as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I think I found a way that I'd like to try to focus our conversation to start. As you know from hearing the intro at the session that you sat in at FIF a few weeks ago, and some of the things that I said, I'm the soft skills guy. I talk about the people part of our business and our industry, and I do it with a fair amount of energy and fervor, knowing from my experience, and I think you may share this, that the qualities of people are the things that make a difference between those people who are successful and those people who are not. At least that's one way to look at it. So I found it interesting that in talking about the mission of CBTU, there is a mention of four pillars. Those four pillars in order as they were presented are government relations, workforce development, capital strategies, and communications. I want to focus and build and kind of expand on two of them, the first being workforce development and the second communications. And listening to a couple of things you said off mic, it's clear to me that you understand and you embrace the notion that our industry is vastly different now than it was 20 and 25 years ago, and that the pace of change, if anything, is broadening and accelerating in, in many ways. So when we think about workforce development and connecting that to my interest in promoting the notion of what I call soft skills, and in particular, I focus a lot of conversation around several ideas. One is about the notion of what inclusion means to our society. The second is what social justice means to our society. And the third is what love means to our society. And I say that with a smile because I think it's vitally important and I found it interesting to hear some senior leaders talk about love in our session a few weeks ago. And we're going to talk about it a bit even in our conversation today. I only have 30 minutes of your time. So I just want to kind of set it up and say that, you know, again, in, in taking a look at the accomplishments of CBTU and the building trades in Canada in so many different ways, I see great results and great progress in things dealing with diversity, with equity, generating opportunities across the board in a range of demographic areas. And I also see what seems to be a a very good job of trying to communicate with those that you serve. You know, again, I think one of the faults that I would lay at the feet of labor and labor leadership is that we have not served ourselves well as labor leaders in telling the story of the opportunity in the trades and doing it in a way that recognizes it's not just that we will teach you how to use the tools and the proper methods and how to be safe, but we will develop you as a whole person. I think we're missing the whole person part in some places, although, again, I see in the way the communication is handled through your website principally that you may be ahead of the curve with regards to that part of it so let's start with this notion of telling the story what is the story that we need to be telling to help individuals understand that in our industry in construction there are many opportunities for individuals to join this industry and to be able to make a fair living raise a family and contribute to society what's the story
2: well, I, I, you know, thanks for thanks for that, Dennis, and, and you know, you hit on some very key themes there. And thanks so much for you know reiterating uh, our strategic plan, which really is the the guidepost for all the activities at Canada's building trades unions. And the strategic plan is being broadly uh, bought into by our Canadian executive board and our affiliates across Canada. And and when I when I speak and uh, you know I speak a fair bit like most labor leaders do in, in, across North America and you know I talk about our, our strategic focus and government advocacy and I talk about about uh, workforce development and I talk about work opportunities uh, but I also talk about communications. And and I am really emphasizing with all of our trade unions uh across the country in construction that that you need to have a robust communications plan. You need to have that robust communications plan for a variety of reasons. And I'm not just talking about, you know, a Facebook page where where folks can go on and vent, but you know, a sophisticated communication strategy to do just that what you said is to tell our story. And, you know, the story of the construction industry is one that needs more retelling is is one that needs to be shouted from the rooftops and and is one that quite frankly we haven't done a very good job on it you know like i was at a i was at a seminar um last year put on by a by a consulting company and they were all concerned about all these industry leaders they're all concerned about you know the skilled trades adjusting to the new energy sources of the future you know like small modular reactors and and hydrogen and and carbon sequestration and how we're going to train all these people to do this and I say look you know training like our people we built the pyramids of Egypt uh, you know you you look at our modern day societies and the aqueducts of Rome you know our people with engineers you know they brought us running water they they sanitized our cities they you know, they built spaceships that, you know, take us to the moon, like skilled trades have been around for a long time. And, and we build your hospitals and your schools and your and your public transit gateways and, and you name it, skilled trades people do all this work. Mm-hmm. And I always remember when I was uh, growing up, my, my dad was a bricklayer and I started construction when I was 15, but I always remembered, you know, my old man driving by these buildings and pointing this building and say, you know, I worked on that project. Mm-hmm. I worked on that project. And so I think, you know, tradespeople who work in our industry have a tremendous amount of pride in what they do, have a tremendous amount of, of pride in the skills they deliver with their hands. But we need to tell society that, Hey, look, you know, you, society, modern day society would not be what it is without skilled construction workers would not be what it is without Skilled tradespeople, and that's a story we need to tell. We need to tell more and more. We need to link that to the opportunities that apprenticeship can bring in the construction industry. And, and it's not like it's finite, you know. Folks talk about you do your apprenticeship, then you get to be a tradesperson, and you know, you get your CFQ or you get your compulsory license or whatever it is, and there you go, you're a tradesperson. Well, wait a second. You know, most of our small and medium contractors are owned by tradespeople. You know, they started off as a tradesperson. Now they want to, you know, you were at the Finishing Institute there a couple of weeks ago. And they own their, their, their glazing company. They own the painting company. Uh, so there's a real pathway in the construction industry that just starts with apprenticeship. Apprenticeship, journey person status, you know, foreman, uh, site super, you get into project estimating, you, you can get into uh, safety, you can get into ownership. There is a whole pathway of career opportunities that are available for people, again, in the construction industry to help build our modern society. And that's, that's the message that uh, we need to tell more uh, and more frequently.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I can't say it any better. Uh, and they wouldn't even try. Uh, and I'm and I'm really glad that you started by talking about about communication, because when I take that down to the individual level. Uh, you know, I say a couple of things uh, when I visit with folks. One is that, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you about this I, this notion of soft skills, uh, and I'm not just talking about it because I, I I like talking about it. I'm not just talking about it because it's it, it's different. I'm talking about it because at the end of the end of the day, uh, in order for us to be successful as providers of service in the form of contractors, whether they're painters, glazers, it doesn't really matter what the trades are. Um, we have to make sure that we remember uh, that we're dealing with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, and if we, if we forget that for a minute, uh, then the people that we're dealing with are going to know that we care less about them and more about our bottom line, mm. um, because everything that we talk about, everything you've said to this point, telling the story, all contributes to the ability for businesses to 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 come into being, for businesses to grow and prosper, uh, and uh, uh, and it, so it, it is in, in in a very simple and direct way. This does relate to the bottom line of of, of business enterprises. This is it, it's good business, just just as it was. I, I, I'm curious what, where you think there was a a, a big pivot uh, on. Safety, But but I'd say here in the States, it probably goes back 20 years where there was a, a pretty strong pivot to, to safety becoming synonymous with quality, synonymous with, you know, a, a base expectation. And it was important because we knew that, that good safety was good business. But before 20 years ago, uh, and particularly in heavy industrial and pipeline settings, uh, it, safety was interesting, and that was about the end of it. Uh,
2: yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting. I, you know, a couple of things like, like The safest companies are typically the most profitable companies. So if you dedicate the time and resources and practices to good safety for your people, they're going to go to work for you. They're going to be more productive. Your job site's going to be more productive. And as a contractor, you're way much better organized than someone who doesn't give a darn about safety. And so, so the the two are inextricably linked. Uh, There's tremendous amount of uh, surveys that, that are out there demonstrating this. And I think to large part, particularly in the unionized industry, uh, our, our contractors get this. You know, um, on the communication side, you, you talked about, you know, how that how that leads to, to good business, a good business practice. And I was just talking about communication from kind of an external industry kind of focus. But we can't forget for a moment that construction is a people business and it is and remains a people business. And, you are know, sure, we have... You know, we don't have so many blueprints anymore, and we have our projects that are linked through, you know, iPads and computer programs. The drawings get loaded up onto, onto dashboards uh, in the in the shack and those kinds of things. But execution of your project still is up to people, mm-hmm. and those people, you know, work with other trades, and so on. Bigger projects, there's more integration, there's more communication that needs to happen between the trades. And also to your employee or your union member you know I remember uh, when I when I joined I'll just tell you a quick story you know I said like I, I worked on my first site when I was 15 uh, it's like I'm, I'm a fall birthday so I was almost 16 and uh, my god the the, the 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 folks on that job treated me like I was just you know, not much more valuable than that, that pile of cement in the corner. Like it was tough. Like ignored me, wouldn't have lunch with me, you know, like I was just the lowest of the low. And so we've come a long way since then. And you know, it took someone, and I'm talking and going back like this is you know, this is in the seventies. And when I and um and so it took people back then, if you wanted to get into construction, you need to be tough. Mm-hmm. you need to have a thick skin mm-hmm. and, and you need to take a lot of crap that young people won't take today. And so funny, I got my son on a job about five years ago uh, and, you know, I was like, Oh, here we go. You know, this is going to be the making of him. He's going to go on this job site and they're going to, they're going to really show him the ropes, you know, and he comes back from his first day and he's, it doesn't look like he's out of sweat on him and he's not dirty. And I said, well, what happened? Did you go to work? And he says, Oh, Dad, you wouldn't believe it. They were so nice to me. They were so polite. They drove me around in the truck and they showed me everywhere we were going. It was on a transit project, you know. And oh, and, and he said, Dad, I don't know what the hell you were talking about. Everyone was just great. And I said, You know, that is really good to hear, son. That is really good to hear because, you know, the old tough construction guy and we wanted him to be, you know, experienced what it was like, right. which really is the wrong way to do things because that just drives people away from the industry. So you have to treat people with respect. You have to treat young people with respect. You have to, you know, you have to meet them to a certain extent, have to meet them to where they are and where that worker is. You got to get the job done. So you got to have some tough conversations along the way but you can't treat people like garbage and expect to get good results. And for right. a long time, that's how our industry worked.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, you should, you should do what I do. Uh, I, I think you should, do, when you retire from that job, you can, you can come do what I do, which cause that's, this is, this is exactly what I talk about, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I and my, my son's story is uh, the quick version is this, um, he he uh he went off to uh, to a uh, division three college to play lacrosse, uh, all right. And after after his first season, he didn't didn't make the team in the second season, and he said Dad, I, I just want to come home. And I said it's fine, you know, you can just continue your your college work here here at home. And so he came back and and uh, and he said like in maybe April, he said Dad, I think I want to try to get see if I can get a, a job in, in doing something in construction for the summer, so I can see what it's all about. Uh, so I was able to help him. I, I know a few people, um, or, or according to Tim Stricker, everybody knows me. Uh, but uh, I hope he hears this because I because I, and, and he better laugh when he hears my my mentioning him twice in one little podcast. <laughs> um, I, I, I I I think very highly of him. Um, so he so after the second day I got him. Say, Dad, I, I said, Dad, I said, Christopher, how's it going with the job? He said, It's it's, it's fine. It's great. You know, he, he wasn't as as happy as your son was because he didn't get driven around in a in a truck. I uh, said, so What what have you been doing these first two days he said sweeping out stairwells and he, i said well that's i said that that's i guess that's what you'll be doing he mm-hmm. said well they, dad and forgive listeners to the podcast said dad well they they say that i'm the superintendent's bitch <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little of a bridge back to the old days yeah um, exactly yeah, yeah but he what? took it the right way and at yeah. the end of the summer he decided he wanted to go into the construction industry and now he's been in the industry for six years he's a pro- he's a project manager for a general contractor uh, great. working on big projects on the east coast great and he yeah. uh he and, and i'll tell you though it's interesting talking to him about work he's got an old soul meaning mm-hmm. you know he's read my book he knows i wrote it he read it uh, and he listens to my podcast some at least some of the time uh but as i listen to him talk to how he deals with people in uh, mine or our generation he he's pretty tough you yeah. know you know he, he 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 treats them the way they they want to be treated which is the old the, the us us old guys we don't mind to boot up the ass mm-hmm. uh, we don't we don't necessarily like it but that's what that's yeah. the way it was yeah uh, so it's so it's it's fascinating but Coming back to your thought about, uh, about you know, people today, uh, we're, we're in a multi-generational, we have a multi-generational workforce. Uh, and the tug and pull between those of us who are leaving and those who are coming in with more on net in some, in some trades, probably more leaving than coming in. Um, and, uh, or if it's even close, it's still not good enough. Uh, and I remind people when I talked to, I had uh, a room full of, uh, of business agents and organizers, and I remind them that, you know, one of the reasons we need to, 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 to change our story. Uh, and, and tell the story of being a member of a union and going into the trades is 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 pretty pretty fundamental, and that is you know they make contributions to uh, the retirement of the folks that are retiring. Uh, you know we we need that in order to continue the the whole proposition of unionized construction, which is it's, it's, we, we, we teach you, we provide you a career path, we provide you a decent living and benefits and retirement. So why not? Um, but that story doesn't necessarily win the day, uh, if told that way, to the newest generations in the workforce. Um, they want to hear more about, and in my, my phrase, and I'd like you to you know, comment if it makes sense, the idea of developing the whole person, not just a, a, a trades person, but a person who, uh, who learns how to, how to be with other people how to relate to them and and most importantly to grow and succeed uh, where you said it correctly absolutely correct we're in a people business and to be successful in a people business you have to be yeah. successful in building relationships
2: yeah 100% and and multiple relationships on on multiple levels and you know the the we have to adjust and like I said earlier we are we're getting better at it we need to attract more people into the industry. We need to attract uh, women into the industry. We need to attract, uh, you know, new Americans and new Canadians into the industry. Uh, more people of color, uh, Black Indigenous people of color. Uh, in Canada, we have big efforts to get more Indigenous people into our industry, and 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 like in the U.S., uh, more women. And so, so that, you know, that's that's a cultural change for a lot of the industry. And so, you know, you can't solve some of these labor demand challenges of our industry in terms of you know how we get more people we're gonna more people bring more people in without changing some of these practices and, and changing our culture to recognize that and and we have to you know to a certain extent recognizing you know the different generation in this 2023 you kind of kind of meet people a little bit of where they're at whereas you know when I was coming up no one cared about where I was at. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, you showed up at eight in the morning or seven in the morning. You work, you work the end of the day, and and you work like a dog, and you were treated like a dog. Mm-hmm. And and we, we, our industry can't survive if we, you know, revert to that. And so I think we are, and I think we're doing through our unions, we're we're doing, uh, you know, equity and diversity training. We're doing mentorship training. We're finding ways in which skilled trades, people can mentor the next generation. Uh, We have apprenticeship supports. Uh, Here in Canada, we have a program underway right now where we have incentives for contractors to hire a first-year apprentice. And once that first-year apprentice uh, gets on board, uh, they get the apprenticeship support from the hall. But we also have a third-party group providing apprenticeship support uh, uh, to that new apprentice, answering some questions you may not feel comfortable with about asking on the job site and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know financial management tools, diversity training, equity training, uh, you know preparation to challenge the exam. So there's a whole host of soft skills and external supports that, that, are, that are available in the unionized industry. And that's why we have, you know, a higher completion rate than non-union, and a higher retention rate than non-union, because we have this host of, of programs that are available that I would, I would, you know, qualify and, and characterize as soft skills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're providing people those kinds of supports and and recognizing that yes, we, you know, you're you're a person now. You're a union member. You're a member of IUPAT or you're a member of whatever union. Uh, and but you're a person, and mm-hmm. people want to be recognized as that. They want organizations, all organizations, society, even outside of construction, to recognize them as employees as like people first. And so mm-hmm. that's that's a dynamic that I think you know our is wrestling with a little bit. You got to put boundaries to that. You gotta, you know, because you still need to get the job done at the end of the day. But you gotta treat people more than a number, and that's more important today than it ever has been.
1: Yeah. So, uh, as far as, and I'll put you on the spot just a little bit. If you were to give a give a a rating on a scale of one to ten, with ten being highly effective, how well do you think the the senior leadership in the industry has embraced the need for all the things that we're talking about, and the change, and dealing with a multi, multi generational workforce, and multicultural, multiracial, all the things that are part of diversity. How 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 good a job are we doing as as senior leadership in the industry?
2: Well, I I would say senior leadership uh, nine out of ten. Uh, but as you go down the leadership chain of command. And onto the job site, we got a hell of a lot more work to do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the bottom line. You know, yeah. we, you know, we we have an office to advance women apprentices, and and on a bunch of levels, um, you know, and and I we hear back from some of the women what they're experiencing on the job site, and it, it's terrible. Uh, you know, there's been, interest. you know, examples of racism on job sites and so on. And that's, you know, and, and, and I don't know if, if these kinds of instances are higher in construction compared to other industries that are, you know, evolving and be, being more accommodating to uh, different groups and, and to women and so on. But we have a ways to go there. And the good news is that it's getting better. It's not perfect. Uh, we have a ways to go, and I also think that as an industry, uh, we have to recognize the particular demands that are on a, a, a woman tradesperson compared to a, man, a male tradesperson. And mm-hmm. you know, I was on—I sat in on a, a call with some some women apprentices uh, in the east uh, in the East Coast, and they're talking about childcare, for example, and, and how you know—I'll give you one example. This this woman uh, struggled to get childcare. And then she was, you know, it was like an eight to five job was perfect. Close to her house. Right. So she's on, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day. Perfect. So then she shows up on, on Monday and the former says, Oh, you know, we talked to fellas and, and we're going to, we're going to go to four tens now instead of five eights. Mm. And she goes like, Oh my God, why don't we do with childcare now? Cause, cause now I'm working, you know, 10 hours a day. I'm going eight to six rather than eight to four child care is done at five. And so, you know, if thankfully in that situation, the contractor recognized and made some special considerations. So, so these are some of the things that we have to, you know, we have to adjust culturally to be more accepting and we need training and we need to do that. So it hits the job site. It's improving there more work to be done, uh, but we also need to recognize some of the structural uh, barriers that are in place to support women in the trades and to, and to support uh, multi-racial uh, groups in the trades as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, I think you know, you know, my from my perspective, what I what I see and hear uh, is uh, in- includes this this phrase often. Um, that's just the way it needs to be, mm-hmm. or that's always the that's the way we've always done it. Right. Uh, those two, those two kind of two hanging on thoughts that suggest that I I, I will not see a different way to do this. I will not see that we can be more flexible in scheduling, uh, and 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 crew configurations in consideration of this factor or that factor. Uh, just to, and again, it speaks to what you said earlier, and I think I, I appreciated your response to the rating question. Um, you know, this senior leadership is certainly uh, increasingly uh, 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 comprehending. Uh, and and acting with in, with integrity, meaning that they're 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 taking the actions that support the words that are being spoken about the things that need to change. Um, and as you said, as we, as we move down and get to the field level, probably, probably the a sweet spot is again, is a highly experienced journey person who may not even be in a supervisory role, who is, is absolutely dragging the crew down from a, from an attitude standpoint or a supervisor, a, a, a person is a foreman, a superintendent who again, is, is got his, his feet firmly planted in the past and will not move them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and the unfortunate part is that. Uh, that if as that continues and it's still as you said it's a problem. As that continues, we make it very very difficult for the story that we're be, are trying to tell and 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 being able to demonstrate results with uh, change, new programs, success and progress, increasing numbers in different demographics. However you want to measure and measurement mm-hmm. obviously is always part of it. Um, that we're seeing good progress, but uh, again they're just holding on with both hands to the past.
2: Yeah. Well I and mean, you know that's partly human nature for sure and i, I think that you know I don't want I don't wanna understate it or overstate it about these challenges. I think it's important for us to recognize we still have a challenge and at the same in the same breath recognizing that we are improving that that you know more and more women are joining our unions every day more and more you know, Black Indigenous people of color, uh, visible minorities, are joining our trades every day, and and we're lots of good people in our industry are finding homes for for these people to be in our trades and supporting um, these folks in our trades. And that's what we need. That's what we need to do. And mm-hmm. and you know, Trade Women Build Nations is a fantastic example of that. I, I went to that my first time uh, last year, and these tradeswomen uh, in our unions, boy, do they rock. They have a good time, and they are tough, dedicated, fun-loving tradespeople from all walks of life, from, you know, and, and all different kinds of cultural aspects. And and if you want to really see the work that we're doing as an industry to be a more inclusive industry, just have a look at the video of Trade, Wilder, and Build Nations uh, on the NAB2 website. I mean, that that was that's a truly inspiring event. And that... And that is the preferred future that we're all working towards. We've got more work to do, but we are heading in the right direction. And I think that says a lot about our industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it probably would not surprise you that uh, to hear that I spent, uh, just last week, I spent three days delivering a, a workshop uh, to uh, the, the district council staff of one of the IUPAT's district councils. Uh, and the, the workshop was on emotional intelligence. yeah, um, And uh, so they could learn some things about what their level of emotional intelligence is, how to use it, and why it's so important to understand it. I've been invited to do a similar workshop, the same subject matter, including a fancy assessment, online assessment for a program in Chicago called Chicago Women in the Trades. Yeah. It's a pre-apprenticeship, it's a feeder program and I will have a class of pre-apprentice women and we're going to spend a day in a workshop talking about behavioral style and emotional intelligence right. as part of their pre-apprentice curriculum. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And it's the kind of things we need to be doing. I'm not just saying that because it's the kind of things that I do. By the way, I'm not a chief used car salesman here, Sean. You know, I'm sure they're going to give me the benefit of the doubt on that. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I'm comfortable saying I just know that the things that I talk about all the time with very specific thoughts and a lot of energy is a part of what needs to be happening more and more for us to ensure that this industry, which will never go away. And I always say when I'm with folks that are are young foremen, or some cases, even apprentices that are brought in, in some of the classes I teach. I said, you know, you're in a great industry. I said, you know, the tools we use are changing, you know, and we got artificial intelligence and robotics and this and that. I said, but fundamentally, you know, this industry is never going to go away because we're always going to have to build things and fix things and maintain things and repaint things forever. How we do it is going to change, but that doesn't mean that your opportunities are going to lessen. In fact, they may increase or expand and you'll just learn new things in order to be successful.
2: Yeah, now there's no better time to join the trades than now. Maybe some could argue in the 50s that the last kind of big boom in infrastructure post-World War II and the world was a lot of construction projects. But now, you know, in the States, you have the Inflation Reduction Act, you have the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, you have the CHIPS bill, you have all those fantastic tools that have been passed to reshore the American economy and to build up the Canadian economy. And we have similar examples here in Canada, and it's gonna be a challenge as we transition from oil and gas and decarbonize, but these new energy sources of the future, nuclear, hydrogen, small modular reactors, traditional nuclear and renewables and wind and solar and offshore wind, and there's so much opportunity and so much diversity and then you look at our existing buildings and the retrofits that need to happen in the existing buildings and you look at car production and mining and electric vehicles, electric batteries. I mean, for a young person getting into trades right now, wow, what a lot of opportunity there is. There's a tremendous amount of opportunity for industry yeah. right now. And I think we need to continue to, you know, capitalize on those opportunities, but continue to recognize that in order for us to capitalize on those opportunities, We need to do a really good job at our soft skills. We need to do a really good job at managing people. It's a people
1: business. Yeah, yeah, no, well said. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, I mean, because i don't think either one of us has a lack of an ability to verbalize uh, <laughs>
2: yeah um, just the irish in me dennis you might have an irish name to yourself <laughs>
1: uh, As it yeah. isn't me my friend yeah uh, yeah you know I, I appreciate that well notice but i have more of the complexion this is my natural complexion like i'm always embarrassed you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. a constant state of embarrassment yeah, yeah. i'm so grateful for this time i've had with you it's too short and i feel like i didn't uh, hear enough of you but uh I think anybody that listens is is going to understand that this labor leader is looking squarely at the future, understands what the future is, which is a great one, and also understands what's necessary to get there. And it's not kicking people in the ass. Right. Yeah. So I thank you so much for your time. I'm probably going to reach out to you in six or nine months and say, Sean, it's time to come back to the podcast. we got some new stuff to talk about, and I hope you would accept another invitation to visit I with be,
2: me. I'd be happy to come back anytime, Dennis. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for all that you do for the construction industry. This is important work that you're doing. And on behalf of Canada's Building Trades Unions, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care, Sean. You too.
0: Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast with Dennis Duran.
1: Produced by Audovita Studios, connect your voice to the world.